With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is the main event, Mark's podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and Mr. Most Days Off, Mr. Below Average, Mr. Sometimes Ready. I am Troy. And Holy with you as always, it's the main event collector and figure hunting warrior is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the director of chaos to my arm breaker. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Director of chaos. Oh, Doc. I forgot what show we're doing. You're right. Yeah, okay, right. got it. Yeah, you remember... Uh, the fact the that there's en- a director of chaos in the show should tell you how good or bad it's going to be, right? <laughs> yeah. They had all those like little nicknames. Yeah, it was not bad. Nah, it wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was going to be. It was just... I don't know. This felt like a good episode of Impact. Like, not you a can say that about episode. most of their pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah, I know. They really could have benefited from the AEW model of like four pay-per-views a year. <laughs> like, past that, it's just like... It, it was too much. Like you and I did uh, 2007, like all their pay-per-views in 07, which you and I said was our favorite year. But man, most of those pay-per-views were just kind of meh. Mid. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you said that about the AEW pay-per-view thing because now they have six, I believe. Oh, do they? Yeah, because All In has come back and Forbidden Door. So now it's six. So. Oh, okay. I forgot about Forbidden Door. Yeah. So is it Revolution? Uh, double or nothing, all in, all out. It's hilarious. Uh, forbidden door. And you, said, you said revolution? Yeah. Then full gear. Full gear. That was it. I always forget that one. So, yeah, six. And then they don't do Fighter Fest anymore. So That was never a pay-per-view. That was just a Dynamite special. The first one I thought was... I thought the first one was a pay-per-view. Am I wrong on that? I don't think it was a pay-per-view. I remember watching it on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they did Fighter Fest and then they did uh, Fight for the Fallen. I don't think that. I don't. I think that one was a uh, dynamite as well. But uh, wasn't there like wrong. a beach show in January in Cleveland? <laughs> oh God, yeah. That, well, that was a. <laughs> well, remember they used Bash of the Beach the first year until WWE was like, "Uh, you can't do that." Yep. And it kind of shocked me that Tony Khan was like, "You know what? We're just gonna go for it. Like, what's the worst that can happen?" Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the copyright owners sue you? 
Like, if my daddy has money to fight it. Yeah, and he's not even a Jewish lawyer, like Paul Heyman's. Uh, well, we don't know that. He might have a Jewish lawyer. That, well... Don't just assume stuff. That is correct. <laughs> But for all of you newcomers out there, I, I just want to let you know what you're going to be in for on today's podcast. We're going to be talking about the penis. We'll be talking about the vagina. We'll be talking about the testicles. We're also going to be talking about venereal disease, sexual intercourse, the scrotum, the clitoris. And we will definitely be spending a lot of time talking about masturbation. <laughs> so... Any newcomers to the podcast, that's what you're in for. <laughs> that's a classic episode. They couldn't laugh. Hey, we warned you all. All right. So if you're still here, yeah, that, that's on you, man. Actually, I'm still I sh- here. I don't know if I should have played that before thinking this sponsor <laughs> or after, but here we are. Well, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But uh, I mean, we have talked about. Almost all of those things on various podcasts, not be like they all came up. I don't remember. So, I mean, not venereal disease, but everything else. That one I definitely would remember. Yeah, right. I mean, we have talked about various body parts and sexual innuendos in the past. So, I mean, yeah, I was going to say we've covered a lot, a lot of uh, Vince Russo shows. So, hey, we've got another one coming up that uh, Uh, involved him. But you said that one was not too bad. So, uh, I was not. I was thinking of something else. Sorry. Right. But speaking of the sponsor of the podcast, I would like to thank the sponsors of the podcast for uh, for sticking with us. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen, as a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. There have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course, and I just I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious, not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. But now we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, we're diving into the news and notes. We don't have a lot for you, but uh, there, there's some stuff, man. And uh, we'll be talking about it on the other end of this break. 
Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember... Vote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Now we're back! We're back! Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event marks. And so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee, as well as K-Cups, and for the non-coffee people... They offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Do you have your can crack ready this week or not? Nah? There you go. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait for it. Make him wait for it, Travis. There you go. It's 4 o'clock somewhere, right? Oh yeah! Hey, anybody uh, <laughs> wants to know what I'm referencing? Oh, this referencing. tastes like crap! Oh God, what what is it? Uh, what is this crap? Uh, rip it! Energy fuel, and it uh, is definitely sugar free because it tastes like ass. <laughs> there are and some sugar free things. Not a good time. Yeah, 
there's some sugar-free drinks that I don't mind, but yeah, a lot of them are not good. This is the first time I'm trying this one, so just saw it at the dollar store. Of course, I was like, oh, I gotta give that a try. Yeah, well, it's uh, uh, not good. Believe me, not good. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it's, I'm sold since you said believe you. Yeah, I, I was gonna believe you, but then you said believe you, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, one thing you like to do is give out some timely facts. You got those ready? Uh, the number one song is We Are Never Getting Back Together by <laughs> Taylor Swift. Never heard never, of it. Never, ever, ever, ever getting back <laughs> together. <laughs> and I've never heard of this movie. The number one movie is Possession. Uh, is that like possessed that by the demon or something you own or like what? What's the deal there? I don't know that one. I I don't know anything about that possession. Uh, let's see, 2012 film. Uh, no, I I don't see anything about it. Oh, the possession. Okay, here we go. Yeah, it's a it's based on a true story. Right. Uh, yeah. The cited films like The Exorcist as an inspiration, praising their I subtlety. I am so shocked. <laughs> right. Hey, it was produced by Sam Raimi. So, there you go. Oh, is that what you did set Spider-Man 4? Yeah, right. Oh, Kira Sedgwick is in it. How about that? You mean Mrs. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Anyway. Getting into uh, some wrestling here. I guess it's time to hit this. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> that's what, oh, that's what uh, Microsoft said to uh, Sony in court, right? Yeah, right. Stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's what every lawyer should open with. But anyway, first story <laughs> we've got here. We're going to get into It's mostly WWE heavy as usual from around this time period, but you know, there are a few outside of WWE stories. When Brock Lesnar realized that he no longer wanted to get punched in the face for real, for a living, he decided to retire from mixed martial arts, kind of, and give Vince McMahon a call to test the waters on a re- uh, return to WWE. Problems quickly arose once the relationship kicked off, namely the fact that WWE needed a way to continue angles involving Brock without his actually having to burn dates on his contract by physically showing up to the arenas around the country, something he never wanted to do because it involved such extensive traveling. I feel like he well, they fixed that. Yeah, I feel like he like his last babyface run. Like, he, I feel like he showed up more than ever before. He did. He was like there every week. Yeah, it was nuts. I'm like, still has oh, not a team wow. match since though, but yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, oh, okay, now he's a heel again, so he's back to being kind of a novelty. Like, oh, he shows up every once in a while. <laughs> he shows up when he wants to punk out Cody. But um, yeah, well, another thing with this, it's like you think, why didn't like uh, WCW ever think of this? Because supposedly Hogan only had X amount of dates. Like, oh. Can we advance the storyline without him actually being there? It's like when he wasn't on a pay-per-view, there was like no mention of Hogan at all. Like, uh, let's not draw everybody's attention to the fact that he's just not here. (laughs) Even though it was kind of glaring in situations like, uh, uh, wasn't there a war games that he didn't show up for? And it was like, why is he not here? Uh, 
I feel like every war game she's been at. Yeah, I can't remember. There was one where it was like a, a an NWO team thing, and it was like, why is Hogan oh, not Oh, yeah, here? that was 97, I believe. Okay. Yeah, um, that's right. I forgot about that one. And for that good was a reason. weird one. Yeah. But either way, enter Paul Heyman. Originally, the idea was to use him only for that purpose, and when Lesnar left, he would too. Now, that's changed. As reported by the Wrestling Observer, you know, our Bible. Uh, oh, every day. Exactly. All day. I go to, I go to, before I go to sleep, I pray to Kenny Omega. When I wake up, I open up the Observer. Well, yeah, as you should. But uh, Heyman has actually signed a new deal with the company and will be working a more regular schedule, a fact made obvious by his recent appearance with CM Punk on Raw. CM Punk. That wouldn't go anywhere. No, not at all. Where's Punk now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not there. Well, he actually got a, a t-shirt out of it. Like, that people still wear to this day. And some people even parody it still to this day. Uh, I, I'm a Paul Heyman guy, and I'm a Paul Heyman girl, and yeah. But, uh, yeah, this would have obviously lead to him turning on Punk for Brock Lesnar. It's, it's always something, like, I, re- I remember when he turned on Lesnar for Big Show... We've covered that, and then he turned on, <sighs> and then he turned on Punk for Brock. Then he turned on Brock for Roman. Like, good grief, man! Yeah, you <laughs> think like, that's the third one they see coming? Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's like, who is he going to turn on for who? Is he going to turn on Brock or turn for Brock? It, yeah, he technically whatever. turned on Brock twice in this last time. Yeah, he just joined Roman, and Brock wasn't even there. And then at Royal Rumble was it two thousand? Or 2021, I think it was. 22, maybe? 22, yeah. Huh. And he uh, gave the titles. Well, actually, not even, I think. He threw the titles in the ring and said, whoever gets it can use it. Yeah. He's a slick little thing, isn't he? Yep. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He's he's back and forth like... Uh, he's not a manager. Pastor. He is an advocate. Yeah. I am an advocate for who, whoever can make me more money, sir. And that's not a Jewish stereotype. That's just brilliant. That's what I would do. Yeah, right. Uh, there, there's still photos. It's funny that, like, out in public, he's still basically Brock's manager. Like, he's with Brock all the time. He, he's always doing stuff with Brock for Brock. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's been your meal ticket until recently, man. It is funny, full circle. You and I talked about he used to manage the Wild or uh, the Samoan SWAT team, and now he's managing like their younger relative. So I just watched that, that hidden treasures thing. And then Rikishi said that him and Samu were technically the first Paul Heyman guys. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that's funny, which there was a, a, speaking of the first, whatever's I saw this photo. It looked like it, it was Jim Cornette with a mustache, oddly enough. And it said Jim Cornette and the midnight express, the midnight express was, I think it was Loverboy Dennis and it looked like the Sandman. I'm like, hey, Bobby, what? you had a weird phase going on. Yeah, no, this was like, I'm like, is that the effing Sandman? Like, what the hell? I know there's been like multiple versions of the Midnight Express that don't get talked about. I'm like, I had, like, I'm today's years old, man. <laughs> but anyway, nice word usage. Great. During his interview on a recent episode of MMA Uncensored on Spike TV, I didn't know that was a thing, 
Batista was asked if he still has plans to make a return to WWE at some point down the road. He said, quote, they left the door open for me, and I'd like to go back and do some stuff. Hopefully this PG stuff will kind of blow over, and I can go back and do wrestling the way that I like to do wrestling, end quote. Yeah, about that. I remember oh. when that was a thing. Or, well, well, I, I can't really say that, because, I mean, by the time he did go back, it it had a less PG feel. I mean, they said it was PG, but I don't know. I mean, he was beating up people backstage. He was putting people through tables yeah, and crap. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. And then when he came back and took on uh, Triple H, I mean, they did have a pretty brutal... Um, was it a no holds barred match they had or I don't remember what they labeled it as at WrestleMania, but I mean, obviously there was no blood. uh, So if he was hoping for that, that wasn't going to happen. But I mean, they used pliers and well, yeah, he got his nose ring uh, ripped out, right? Yeah, right. So there you go. But uh, Batista left WWE in early 2010 due to what he would later clarify were issues with the creative direction of the company. His argument, essentially, is that pro wrestling was much better in the Attitude Era than in the PG Era, so he didn't want to be a part of it anymore. What the hell would he know about the Attitude Era? Like, he wasn't there? Dude, his favorite wrestler was the Warlord. That should tell you everything you gotta know about his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because when I think Attitude Era, Hardcore, I think Warlord. <laughs> Good God, man. Just... I mean, unless you're talking about hardcore steroid usage. That's um, not allegedly, by the way. He flat out said it. Yeah, right. Well, the dark side of the ring. Oh, did I forget that he actually admitted it? Did, did he admit that, or did somebody else? Yeah, he, say said it? He, he said he, he, t- he took them all the time, and he didn't get them from Zahorian because they were too expensive. Wow. Well, I guess just uh, in case somebody wants to argue with me. Allegedly. But yeah, <laughs> but not allegedly. Uh, keeping with uh, evolution Actually, I think here. he was the only person on the whole episode that said he flat out used them. I like how a lot of people like try to deny it. It's like, oh, I, I never used steroids. Like, yeah, okay. That's that's something with, I don't know if you heard about this, that uh, Robert Pattinson, who plays Batman in The Batman, obviously, uh, he came out and was like, talking about people critiquing the fact that he didn't like bulk up to play Batman. And he basically said, well, well I refuse to use steroids and bulk myself up. It's like, but the only way you can bulk up in Hollywood is with steroids, because I don't think so, man. Apparently, that's a thought process. Yeah. Like, oh, you want me to put on muscle? I'm not using drugs. Like, whoa, what? It's a hey, hell of a isn't, he, isn't he English? Maybe it's an English thing. Yeah, I don't know. I know that Christian Bale kind of bulked up. and Dude, Christian Bale's body's got to be all kinds of messed up, man. He dropped a crap ton of weight for... Uh, whatever the hell that the the machinist or whatever. Then he got fat when he did uh, American Hustle, and then he did Batman where he bulked up and put on a bunch of muscle. Like, dude, that just destroy your freaking body, man. That couldn't be healthy. But whatever, he can uh, he can recover in his multi million dollar mansion, I guess. Either way, uh, speaking of somebody else who's bulked up here, uh, but I'm not insinuating steroids. By the way, I'm just saying he's he's uh, got a lot of muscle on him. Randy Orton was expected to be taken off all WWE house shows and television shoots immediately following the film, uh, excuse me, while he filmed the latest WWE movie to be undergoing production, 12 rounds reloaded. 
Indeed, ever since Orton returned from a 60-day suspension for his second wellness policy violation, believed to have been due to testing positive for steroids, either uh, Dianabol or synthetic steroids, or excuse me, synthetic testosterone, he's largely been treading water on TV due to the belief that he would be gone again in less than two months. However, according to Uncle Dave in his latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Orton is now advertised for all SmackDown TV tapings in September and October while the film is being shot. Uh, yeah, I don't remember timelines. I don't, I don't know if he's here or not. If he was gone, I, I just don't remember. There was a weird time. I don't like I try to forget about this era. But he wasn't really doing much, but he would come out every week get huge reactions, uh, not really be in, in main events or anything. And then like his promos, he would introduce himself like he was a new guy. Do you remember that? I do. It was a weird time for Randy Orton. For people that don't remember, he would just come out and be like, for those of you that don't know, my name is Randy Orton. It's like, yeah, like no crap. You already dude. know that. Yeah. But you, you already know that. Oh wait, that's <laughs> another guy's, that's another guy's gimmick. My bad. They both ripped it off from Dolph Ziggler, so what difference does it make? Yeah, well, they didn't handshake anybody. Hey, I, hi, uh, what would he say? He'd just be like, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler, or whatever the F. We just say Dolph Ziggler. That's the funny part, not I'm. That's what I always got kicked out of. Hi, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> okay, what the F is a Dolph Ziggler? If you've been wondering why Christian hasn't been appearing on WWE TV or even at house shows, it's because creative has nothing for him right now. But he's just fine with that. Isn't that just always his excuse when Dylan's on there? And then like later comes out that they were something else. I guess so. Anyway, looking for Alexa Bliss, even though she's pregnant at the moment. Right. According to a report from PWInsider.com, Christian asked for time off after learning that there wasn't anything big in the pipeline for him and that the time off would give him a chance to rest his ankle. Apparently he had an ankle injury that uh, I don't know anything about, but there you have it. So it's a combo, or are you just making excuses with the, well, they don't have anything for him? Like, maybe he just needed time off to, re- to recover. Like, although well, no, Dave's usually in the creative room, so he knows everything. Oh, yeah, I don't know why you're saying that sarcastically. I'm not. I, I meant to. Yeah, h- how dare you question the good goddamn name of Uncle Dave? Liar whore, liar whore, and you know it! <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, anyway. This story Shut up, Dave. Good. Shut the fuck up, Dave. I mean, this one was that report was from PWInsider.com, so it's not him, but I'm I'm sure he ran with it. <sighs> Either way, uh, this next story is kind of wild, although not shocking considering just everything we've heard about this woman. Oh God! So it has been a very bad week for Ariane Andrews, aka Funkadactyl Cameron. Is it Ariani? Ariane? Do you know how it's pronounced? I don't. Never cared about her enough to care to look at. How dare you? She was she was on uh, an episode of AEW in the past. Yeah, that was well, a hell of a signing. That's too easy. I'm gonna leave that alone, dude. She couldn't even make it there. So, <laughs> so they got go. her, but they didn't jump on Naomi. Okay, got it. The talented one. Right. Yeah. But that's no, that she, one. No, she's wrestling men in Impact, Greg. Is she really? Yeah. I knew it, she was in Impact. I know she's wrestling men, though. Yeah, they've got Let some... me guess. Let me guess. Sammy Callahan. No. Uh, it's, I don't know the guy's well, name. Tell me shocked. 
So they, they got that going on. Oh, it was like compelling TV. Yeah. Well, no, Greg, Impact low-key has the greatest women's roster on the planet. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> People make this argument online quite a bit. No. Well, this all trumps uh, Rhea and Becky and Charlotte. Well, yeah. I mean, Raquel. What the hell, what the hell they got? Back to the, the story here. Uh, it came out that Cameron had been arrested for DUI in the early morning of August 24th in Tampa, Florida. She may have handled the incident in the worst Boy, way Florida, possible. Huh? Every one of these guys getting, every one of these wrestlers getting busted for DUI is always in Florida. And yeah, I'll tell right. you why, because I know for a fact, at least in Orlando, they have drive through liquor stores. That's not a joke. Uh, I mean, Mutual friend drive- listener of the show will confirm that. But we have drive through There's a drive through liquor store. Like, yeah, that's well, not an invite to DUI. I don't know what the hell it is. Well, we have drive throughs here. They're not necessarily liquor stores, but you can buy alcohol at them. Like you drive through and you. And what's you the difference between what I just said? Yeah, well, I, I'm just saying. Like, so I mean that that's that's actually a normal thing. It's not just a Florida thing. It's all over the place. I've never seen that in my life ever. You don't have drive-through drink stops or whatever out there. Not like that kind of stuff. No. You drive through. We, get... we, we went to LA one time. We were baffled by seeing a drive-through Panda Express. Okay, that should tell you. What? That's yeah. everywhere out here. I've never seen it yeah. except for LA. Yeah, we have drive drive through everything out here, basically. Yeah, drive well, drive throughs are all over. I got like at least two in my town. You can get uh cigarettes, any kind of tobacco product really, snacks, uh drink, alcohol or otherwise. So, I mean, I've yeah. never seen that here ever. That's crazy to me because that's like it's not just here in Ohio. I've seen it like everywhere I've ever been. They have that's that's been all over the place. But either way, uh, getting back to this though, uh, according you're pulling to, up to the the window. Hey, can I get a, a pack of smokes, a tall boy, and a couple of lotto scratchers? Yeah, they do sell lottery tickets, so you could do that. It's, that's it's the basically old stereotypical a, white guy order. It's basically a drive-through convenience store, is what it is. But. According to TMZ, Cameron failed to notify WWE about what happened and even tried to bribe one of the police officers who arrested her with $10,000 to release her without any charges being filed, apparently because she was afraid that this would screw up or that the screw up could lead to her being fired by WWE. You think? <sighs> by the time w- and bribing uh, officers not going to help. Yeah, right. Believe me. Are you bribing us? It's not a bribe. <laughs> of course it's a bribe. You're no, I'm just saying I'm putting some money out here. If it just happens to disappear later and all this is forgotten, whatever. Do you remember that from the other guys? Like, it's yep. not a bribe. Of course, it's a bribe. You're you're paying us to not do our jobs. It's not a bribe. <laughs> <laughs> By the time WWE had the chance to investigate the DUI reports, Cameron had already flown to Australia for WWE's tour of the country and performed on the first show in Brisbane, but was mysteriously absent from the second event in Sydney. Cameron was sent home from the tour before the third and final date. According to F4WOnline.com, she has been suspended for 15 days, and the suspension will end on Friday, September 14th. Wow. Good God. That's it? Yeah. Uh, Look, a whole two weeks off. Oh. That'll teach her. Yeah, right. Oh, because, you know. So she got caught drunk driving and skipped the show? Well, no, she didn't skip the show. They kept her off the show. And then they said she was absent from it. I just assume she. Yeah, well, yeah, she was mysteriously absent. Because I'm assuming because that's at the point WWE found out and they're like, ah, we're not going to send you out there and pay you. Like, get the F out. Good grief. And then 
I would have made her ride it out and just sit backstage because it's like, well, I'm not paying you extra. Well, it's like I'm not paying you extra to or or I'm not paying any extra to fly your ass home separate. You know, to punish you. It's like, no, you catch the plane with everybody else and get the F out, you know, go home from there. It's just effing stupid. What a mess. Right. Yeah, I, I loved how she thought, oh, I, I could just bribe a cop to get out of this, you know, to save my job. Really? Yeah, okay. Because that's how it works. <sighs> I got a couple of stories about uh, the nature boy here. Keep his clothes on. Yeah, really. Although it's been widely assumed for some time now, Ric Flair came right out and said that he wanted to return to WWE soon. During an interview with Fox and Friends, it's a hell of a place to have Ric Flair on, uh, one anchor remarked that he hopes that Vince McMahon sobers up soon and brings Nature Boy back to WWE. Flair said, quote, I would like that too, end quote. Between Vince and Flair, which one do you think is uh, the one you need to worry about sobering up? Just curious. Yeah, right. The reason it hasn't happened already, I had no idea about this, uh, is because WWE is still embroiled in a lawsuit filed against them by TNA stemming from the Orlando-based promotion's allegations that WWE tampered with Flair while he was still under contract. Interestingly enough, it was revealed during the course of the lawsuit that TNA had fired Flair before ever filing said lawsuit. That being said... WWE also claimed that it had no interest in signing Flair for the time being, so it seems likely that they won't make a move until the two sides are done going back and forth in court. Uh, didn't, he, didn't they have one Hall of Fame? They did. Was that this year? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, you, did you and I cover that one? Or maybe not. I don't remember. Let's see. I feel like it was uh, this year, though. What was it for? Was it for the Four Horsemen? Yeah. Okay. And they got Christian return, right? Right. That was, yeah, 2012. Okay, so it was this year. So why would they do business with somebody that allegedly tampered with stuff? Of course, it could have happened after, but... Yeah, I, I don't know the timeline of things here. Like, when are they saying that the tampering happened? Are they, like, they let him go there, not saying he had a conversation, but maybe. How would they know? I don't know. Like, don't you kind of have to have like a paper trail for this sort of thing? Not if it's I, I would, verbal. But again, I if it's would, verbal, you have no proof. But. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, I, w- I would assume WWE wouldn't be stupid enough. I mean, they kind of know how this thing works. They've been on both sides of it. But I don't know. Uh, this the second. Oh, so we're talking about hundred-year-old Ric Flair. It's not like they're trying to poach AJ Styles or something. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> like, oh no, they're trying to take one of our managers. Okay. Like he like I think Spike TV had come out at this point and literally said quit having him wrestle like not like don't just let him get naked or like don't let him get naked and don't let him bleed because that was one edict that we've talked about in the past. (laughs) That is a sad. (laughs) Right. But I'm assuming I think at this point they flat out said quit having him wrestle. It's sad. (sighs) I don't know. And yet they kept letting Velvet Sky wrestle. Hey, at least she looked good while doing it. I mean, not in the wrestling sense of the word, but, you know, <sighs> either way. Uh, this next Flair story is a bit more sad. Details Ow. are, well, <laughs> you're about to find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> yep. Or, or, well, should I say? <laughs> Details are scarce at the moment, but Uncle Dave reports that Ric Flair is currently going through a divorce, his fourth one. With his I current- am shocked. With his current wife, Jacqueline Beams. 
Apparently, I wonder who has more divorces, him or Donald Trump. Well, this is four. I think Trump has had three. So I think he's barely edging out Trump, which oh, okay. I'm shocked. But either way, apparently Flair is the one who filed for divorce and cited irreconcilable differences as the reason for their breakup. The news is unsurprising as less than two months ago, Flair was assaulted by beams at his home, according to a local police report. This wasn't the first such incident during their marriage together as Beams don't, was arrested. Don't assume stuff. Maybe that's how they get down. Well, as Beams was arrested for simple assault on February 21st, 2010, after getting into a fight with Flair upon their return to their residence after a night out. Oh, my God. I'm going to assume alcohol was involved, but. Uh, Why? Why I, would you assume that? That's messed up. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they managed to patch things up, but obviously the second fight that required really? police <laughs> police intervention was the straw that broke the camel's back. The cause of their second fight together never came out publicly. I'm okay with that. I don't think I want to know. Yeah. Dude, your wife beat you up twice. To the Yeah, to be fair, you... I keep that quiet too, though. Well, I'm going to assume she didn't do too much damage. I mean, I could be wrong, but... Like... Flair's old, but he's still kind of a big guy. <laughs> I'm going to, it's kind of the uh, like the Drew McIntyre situation where he had uh, Karen Terrell arrested or whatever for assaulting him when they were married. You know, I paid good money for it. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's like at the same time, like, dude, your wife beat you up to the point where you had to call the cops twice. <laughs> like, yeah, I think the marriage is over, bro. Did you ever see I, the episode of uh, Fresh Prince where he's selling cars? His mom comes in and asks the car salesman, have you ever been beaten up by a woman before? And he says, no, I haven't paid for it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Man. I'm, I'm, like, I'm curious. Is like, did she find out that Flair was screwing around on her? Or, well, that would like, be a surprise I, of the century, huh? I know. I'd be like, uh, did he whip it out in front of the wrong person and it pissed you off? I think it was a flight attendant, if I remember right. <laughs> yeah. Too, too soon? <laughs> Man, well, allegedly, but anyway, getting into the TNA side of things here. Oh, according, yeah. <laughs> according oh, to. Oh, after, TN. Got it. Okay. Yeah. After that last story, according to PW Insider, this is so TNA and Kurt Angle. Uh, Kurt Angle worked this weekend's TNA house shows despite having a pulled hamstring. At least TNA management rebooked the cards so that he didn't have to work singles matches, but six man tags instead allowing him to limit his ring time to a bare minimum. Man, that's, uh, that's, you know, that, that's smart. He's old, beaten up, broken down, got a pulled hamstring. Hey, you know what? Send him out there anyway. I don't know about this off the top of my head at the moment, but he's probably the world champion too this time. Uh, was he? no, that's Austin Aries. He should be on the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so he's not quite at this time, but Either way, it's like he's still one of their top guys. I don't know if top guy. Oh, I know. I know you don't look at uh, too much of the trending stuff on Twitter, but have you seen that like Kurt Angle was trending a couple of days, or people were just sharing like basically his greatest hits from TNA, and they were like, "Man, I know he was like in a bad place, like you know, with like drug issues and that kind of stuff." But like, it give me perked up. Uh, Kurt Angle from TNA all day, man. Like he was on another level in the ring. Uh, he- you can look at the comparison page. He looked like hell. Now that I look back at it, he yeah, he was phys- skinny as hell, dude. 
Yeah, physically he looked weird. Uh, did you notice there for a while something was like, what the hell was going on with his teeth? Did you notice that? I didn't. Like, I feel like yours wore a mouthpiece. So I wouldn't see it. Well, there was a there was that uh, the famous picture. He's got like a full beard and he does some weird smile. I think he's in Main Event Mafia. He does like like a half smile, and I'm like, he looks like he has like fake teeth in almost. It was like I've never seen his teeth look that unnatural before. <laughs> it was weird. But either way, uh, staying with Kurt Angle, he reportedly suffered another possible leg injury or wa- worsened the one he has at a TNA house show on September 6th, just days before No Surrender. Hmm. I explained some stuff. <sighs> yeah. Didn't he? Wasn't his leg taped up on the show? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But he's booked at. And his match sucks, so we'll go with that. Uh. You thought that tag match sucked? I thought he sucked. He didn't do anything. But now I know why. Uh, well, yeah. But it's like he's in a tag title match at the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, he's, and, and he's hurt. Instead of, like, giving him, you know, a couple weeks off to recover, keep shoving his ass out there. It makes no sense. This company is stupid. No! I, I know we've mentioned multiple times... And it's not just one regime either. It's like, I always make this, this argument about the Browns. Like, what is it about the Cleveland Browns? We change coaches, we change GMs, we change owners, and they're all still stupid. Revolving door of quarterbacks, you don't forget. Yeah, I, well, even without the quarterbacks, it's like... Describe my team too, by the way. Well, it's like the quarterbacks, I, I, like, that's just uh, you know, how they play, whatever. But it's like the way the team is run is always the worst possible way the game plans, the like, the playbooks—they're all the same. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, you don't like, need to win when you sell out every game. I guess that's a tr- uh, testament to your fans. But yeah, I mean, what's, like the, the, what's the incentive of winning if you're already selling out the damn arena <laughs> or stadium? Well, that was a big controversy with the uh, the owner of the the Cincinnati Reds like uh, a year or two ago, where like he was asked a question about, or he somebody said something to him during an interview or whatever about like. Well, you know, the fans aren't very happy with the direction the team is going, and it's, you know, it's been kind of crappy for a while. And he literally said, he's like, well, where are they going to go? Like, uh, I don't know. That's like not your games. Like, there's always that option. I, I just thought it was so stupid. But it's like that kind of stuff feeds into like conspiracy theories of it's like, is something happening here? Because I feel like the playbook is the same under every coach. We even got a new owner. Same thing but now you look at impact tna whatever the hell you want to call it it's always run by idiots (laughs) i don't know man at least people like scott demore though yeah well they i mean they can like him but it's he still runs the company like an idiot in in my opinion uh it should be as no surprise but billy uh bully ray has re-signed with total nonstop action impact wrestling as noted previously Ray's contract status has been up in the air for some time after his deal came up alongside that of his former tag team partner, Devon. And with TNA in the midst of cutting back in an attempt to save money, it seemed everyone was on the chopping block. Well, they're going to build on Bully Ray, man. Like, that's... He's going to lead TNA... He's going to lead TNA into the future. Is what I think... I don't know if you're joking or not, but he's on there as we speak. So... Yeah. Well, because everybody... When I think of future like hood ornaments of the company going to lead you into prosperity. I think of bully Ray. 
God dang it. We've had the belt on Christian Cage, Kurt Angle, Sting, AJ Styles. It just it, nothing's happening. Jeff Jarrett, and we just can't get out of this rut. We we've we've switched in and out multiple guys in the at the top of the card. But damn it. Who who can we really get that when they tune in, they're gonna see our show and be like, Oh, he's the world champion? I gotta stick around. I got it. Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> Look, I know what you're thinking. Well, when you put it like that, it sounds stupid. Exactly. You missed the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it it sounds stupid because it is. It, it's it, it's effing dumb. He put a million viewers in front of the TV every week, didn't he? Oh yeah. Well, he he put the asses in seats, man. Keep in mind that today he's still impacting. They get less viewers than Rampage, so right. Sinking. Well, Rampage you know, may I be the worst wrestling show on TV. I hey, say, I, even though Impact's worse, probably, but I don't watch hey. it though, so I can't say it. So it's not fair. It wouldn't be fair to say it's the worst because I don't watch it. So, well, when I see Bully Ray in the main event, I think, "Shut up and take my money." <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, he is uh, taking their money. I give him that. Well, in reality, what it is uh, with Bully Ray is... Never drew a dime. Well, broke a million tables, never drew a dime. Right. Uh, I will say, um, he. I, I'm sure he drew some dimes as, as one half of the Dudley Boys, but... Yeah, that's not him. That's a, right. it's a, that's a team deal. effort. Right. That's like saying, like, oh, nobody cared about Road Warrior Hawk. It's like, well, no, people cared about the Road Warriors. Like... You put them together, bam, laces to print money. I think the only exception there might be Jeff Hardy. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, he split them up. But getting into uh, some sort of TNA news, sort of not, but World of Fighting, WSF, WSOF, or excuse me, World Series of Fighting, uh, will debut on November 3rd at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, as part of a special NBC Sports one-off television special featuring longtime MMA commentators Michael Chavello, I guess? Chiavello. Chiavello and Boss Rutten. According to a report, the former Pride pair will be joined in the broadcast booth by none other than Olympic gold medalist and current TNA Impact Wrestling headliner, Kurt Angle. Right. I never saw that, so I don't even know if it happens. Yeah. That's a uh, lot of foreign accents in Kurt Angle, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, is hella Dutch and Chiavello is hella Australian. So, oh, really? Yeah. World Series of Fighting, is that even still around? I couldn't tell you. I've never heard of it. Uh, I've never seen it in the news. I'm going to say no, but I could be wrong. But sticking with uh, MMA and TNA... When Mohammed Lowell, uh, a.k.a. King Mo, was fired from Zufa after a nine-month suspension by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, along with some less-than-flattering remarks about members of said commission, it paved the way for Bellator to swoop in and get him on a roster devoid of top stars. <laughs> you could say that. And they got him, and now they have top stars? Yeah, right. You what have, did I miss you? You have a uh, like noteworthy guy. I can't even say top star. You have a noteworthy guy that can sometimes get headlines. But yeah, it also opened the door for TNA to make its pitch and build a partnership 
not just with Lowell, but with uh, Bellator as well. So yeah, they do. Did. Yep. And man, what a partnership it is. And just like TNA swooping in and uh, getting a partnership with second best. <laughs> Distant second best. Fast forward to 2023, WWE is now owned by the USC parent company. Yep. But uh, that's what they did with all sides agreeing to a deal that uh, we'll see King Mo wrestling for TNA in 2012 and fighting in Bellator in 2013. In an interview with the Miami Herald, Mo said, quote, I'm very excited. I can't wait to take my first chair shot. Said no one ever. I can't wait until I take my first bump. I can't wait until I pin somebody. I can't wait until I get pinned and being thrown headfirst into the turnbuckle. Good God. Uh, I'm just excited to get the opportunity to entertain. I entertain in MMA, and now I get to entertain in TNA wrestling. Entertain in MMA when? I never seen a fight of his that I liked. Uh, I can't comment because I've never seen any of his fights, so yeah, that I remember anyway. He might have had some fun ones in Strike Force. I don't remember. But definitely not UFC. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, wow. Uh, I I can't wait to take a bump, get pinned, get hit, get hit with a chair, like you know, the American dream. <laughs> Hell yeah! It's just effing weird, man. But I mean, cool. I guess whatever. He does wrestle in TNA. I can't remember what the f he even does, but eh, didn't go anywhere. If I remember correctly, I think he tries to wrestle with the crown on. <laughs> I don't remember, but that sounds about right. Uh, last month, Kevin Nash revealed in his controversial Gartland interview, or excuse me, Grantland interview, that he won't walk away from the wrestling business until the money offers dry up. And guess what? They still haven't. <laughs> but All Japan Pro Wrestling, wanting a big name foreigner at short notice to team with legendary KJ Muto for their next major show on September 23rd at Yokohama Cultural Gymnasium, gave Nash a call, and he inevitably accepted. They will face Hawaiian veteran Teo Kai, I think, and, or Teo Ki, I don't know, and rising star Seiya Sonata, is the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, in a special attraction match that they'd be heavily expected to win, but maybe bowling shoe ugly, given how broken down Muto and Nash are. Uh, you don't say. Yeah, I can see that playing. You mean... Between the two of them, they've got zero good knees. Got it. <laughs> I like, by the way, that they need a foreigner. You never think of it going the other way. The American yeah, need right. a foreigner somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, right. It, yeah, you never hear that conversation in America. I mean, this this match is great, but we need somebody not white or, you know, like not American. Like, what? I mean, I guess uh, we're kind of like America's crawling with like all different kinds of races, like white, black, brown, whatever. Oh, was Japan just strictly Japanese people? I really don't know. It's, I, it, I don't know the demos. Japan really is like very majority Japanese, so it's it's hard not to find a Japanese person. But uh, so yeah, that's why they're they see it's weird. They see like an American and they're like, ooh, ah, especially like a big ass American like Nash. Scott Norton and Vader. Exactly. But the 8th annual Battle of Los Angeles has concluded in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. We call it out of, Yeah. Uh, out, of those, uh, out of those 16 men, ROH standout Adam Cole 
baby! Came out on top and now becomes number one contender for the PWG World Heavyweight Championship, which is held by Ring of Honor World Champion Kevin Steen. None of those guys will ever do a damn thing. Nope, never. I will say I haven't been watching AEW, but I see clips online or whatever. The stuff that Adam Cole, baby, is doing with MJF is awesome. This is probably the best stuff they've done with him so far. That it reminds kind of, me they've kind of fumbled him. And now they they're getting it back. Right. If anybody remembers uh, way back, speaking of Ring of Honor, back to the days of CM Punk and Colt Cabana's tag team, uh, it seems like that kind of dynamic where they're kind of friendly, but not. And like Colt Cabana was always good. And oddly enough, the Jewish guy is the goofy one. That's a shoot, by the way. <laughs> I Yeah, I didn't even think about that until just now. It's it's a it's a white dude with long hair and a goatee who's like super serious and kind of reluctant, and then a goofy Jewish dude who's like way too into this team. <laughs> it's almost kind of like remember in two thousand three with Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. From yeah, overdone though, but it was in the ballpark. Right. I laughed my ass off when they did the the Steiner brothers pose. <laughs> that was that was awesome. Because like MJF started like running around uh, Adam Cole, and I was like, "What?" The? And it took me like a couple seconds. I'm like, "What the hell is?" He? I'm like, "Is he doing the Rick Steiner?" And then he got that. I'm like, "Oh my god, yes!" It took us so far as to, uh, MJF interrupted Adam Cole's Twitch stream and was talking crap about gamers and stuff. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, "You remember when I said I wanted to keep wrestling and streaming separate?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But I got some good ideas. Whatever. And he's like, "What are you, are you playing video games? Like, like a nerd?" <laughs> oh good crap pal uh, i i had to squeeze this one in here so anybody that doesn't know like there's obviously the main event marks like youtube page if y'all could go subscribe to that i uh, we would greatly appreciate it you listen to our all. buddy jerk the curtain on there too Jiggity. exactly yeah you can listen to uh curtain jerkin with jacob grandi on there uh he posts whenever he's got enough content to make a new show uh, which is at least once a week, sometimes two to three times a week, even. But so I wasn't imagining that. I mean, I swear I listened to the show this week already. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. I think he I just thought I was going nuts, to... dude. No, he he posts basically. He doesn't have a consistent post date. I think it's whenever he has enough stuff that's like hot topics to make a good length show out of. He'll just post it. Which cool, whatever. Good length gets... show, but snackable. It's like usually thirty exactly. to forty minutes. Yeah, it's nothing like, you know, sometimes we'll go on for like two hours or whatever. So uh, it's it's nothing quite that lengthy. Sorry, Glenny, we're longer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, his stuff is also more current. So if you want current stuff, go check him out. Uh, but we've we've got that. We've got our marks on media, which is about games, TV, movies, that kind of stuff. And hey, we've got our sh- we've got a little being a snackable. We have a bunch of shorts on there. And then we've got clips from the podcast and, and full-length podcast and all that kind of stuff. But either way. Uh, but we have that. Also, for the rest of you out there, Greg has his own personal YouTube. I don't know how much you upload to I it. I barely upload ever to it. Yeah. So well, Apparently, he, I'm semi-famous. Yeah. Well, he uploaded a video years in 2012. And it made it made it onto cagesideseats.com, which is where I pull most of my news from, from around this area or era. And it was at an Oakland A's game. Uh, Greg is a diehard Oakland A's fan. 
And yeah, let's not get that out there. I mean, last place in the league. <laughs> well, hey, uh, own it, man. It, like uh, like when the Browns went zero and sixteen, and we had a parade. <laughs> but uh, when they ha- people showed up more than the Rams Super Bowl parade, by the way, or the uh, last WNBA championship yeah, parade. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but he uploaded a video in 2012 of when they had Josh Reddick on their team. He's a huge mark, and he came to the to the plate to Daniel Bryan's theme, and the crowd all chanted, yes, yes, yes. Got tons of views. Cage Side Seats found it and upped it to their website. So y'all can go check that out. You know what's funny? Get- Real quick on that. You sent me that this morning, okay? Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, and I'm like, this looks like the one I filmed. Oh, yeah. shit, it is. <laughs> yeah, because I clicked on it. I saw the video. I, I'm like, it's like twice, dude. I, I literally had to do a double take. What? Yeah, well, look, I had seen I had seen the thumbnail for the video a few times. I'm like, that looks like the exact same thumbnail as Greg's. And I happened to see that, like the the picture. You don't have an icon. It's just the A for your username. And I'm like, OK, so I see the A and I hovered. I'm like, ah, oh, it is you. OK, I'm going to look at something right now. I want to see how many views it's got because I knew it had a seen amount of views. Now I know why. Yeah, 50K. Yeah. Holy cow. That's a. Uh, a lot of views on and it's a very short clip i i can't remember how long like what 10 seconds 15 seconds something uh, like that let me see let me open it back up here it's, yeah 26 seconds 20 seconds yeah so less than 30 seconds today that would be a short but back in 2012 there were no youtube shorts so there was no tiktok either either way m- moving on here a couple more stories i got from uh the hollywood side of things that are kind they're not really about wrestling but it's people who were involved in wrestling so TMZ is reporting that Tommy Tiny Lister Jr., best known to wrestling fans as Zeus, Zeus. in the WWF back in 1989, has pleaded guilty. Exactly, has pleaded guilty to committing 3.8 million dollars in mortgage fraud. Yikes! Wow. Yeah, I thought I you were going to say uh, property damage with his hands because he was a large man. Yeah, I didn't believe that. <laughs> mortgage fraud, man, that's crazy. I forgot How did he, he get wrapped up in that? That sounds like the preppiest white guy crime ever. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know, man. That's I, I, I don't know the details of it. I didn't read the whole story. What exactly is mortgage fraud? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I sound like an idiot right now, but <laughs> $3.8 million. That's not I mean, I don't change. see why you're telling an idiot because it's not just common knowledge. I've never heard this in my life, but. Well, because I pulled up the story, but I don't know anything about it. Well, I mean, I mean, I've never heard mortgage fraud in my life. I mean, what the hell is that? How do you fraud mortgage? Don't you have to have a house and have it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Let's see. Maybe he was inflating prices or something. On August 31st, 2012, Lister pleaded or agreed to plead guilty to conspiracy to commit mortgage fraud in a scheme that led to $3.8 million in losses he was charged with fraudulently buying homes in order to withdraw $1.1 million in home equity loans. How do you okay, fraudulently then. buy a home? Don't you have to actually have the money to do that? Uh, Sorry, I didn't get too far into the weeds. But, well, oh, it's, it's just weird. Oh, it said he was uh, fraudulently buying homes. So maybe he was getting deeds he didn't really own? I don't know. Using stolen I, money? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, there is like he might have been getting fake deeds or something. I, I, I really don't. I don't know. 
But in uh, April 2014... This is just us he, spitballing, folks. We're not accusing anybody of anything. I'm as lost as you are. Well, in April 2014, he was out on bail and was confident of avoiding prison. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, was, he said he was confident, confident in avoiding prison. He stated, quote, What's so cool about God and our government is that you can make a mistake and they will forgive you if you... If you're uh, well, just a yeah, good God, person, yes. um, <laughs> yeah. If you're just a good person and doing right, not sure you should put God and our government <laughs> in the same <laughs> sentence, but you know, whatever. Yeah, our government kind of plays for the South, dude. Oh, you know what's good about our government is they're pretty forgiving people. Uh, you sure about that? You sure about that? Maybe the only black man in history that's ever said that, by the way, about our government. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody should ever be like, oh, the the great and powerful government has forgiven me of my of my crimes and my sins. Like, uh, eh? like, uh, pretty sure the government will track your ass down. Like we just talked about or well, I guess not in, in, in another video. We were talking about how the government keeps pounding uh, Microsoft over yeah, right. merger with Activision like they will not let it die. You know, we've often uh, said, you know what's undefeated in, in the undefeated in the world is God, Mother Nature, and Father Time. You can add the U.S. government mm-hmm. Uncle Sam that list. Well, I I don't know, Uncle Sam. He fights a lot, and he'll fight until he dies. But uh, uh, he's gotten uh, gotten his ass kicked quite a few times, but especially in in stuff like what we talk about, like with Vince McMahon. Ah, dang it, pal! I beat the U.S. government. They can go. F- themselves <laughs> uh, you, remember that, you know it's funny like, uh, years ago like, it was 1998 you hear something you don't realize how funny it is until way later it was like like yeah sort of growing up and realize it when um you know that that uh raw and austin had been man arrested uh yeah and jim ross like he also did what the federal government couldn't do put this man in jail oh my gosh <laughs> well you know how clever as hell but i didn't realize how clever it was when i was a kid <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, last story I got here. You may know a thing or two about this, or you may have heard something about it. While filming scenes for Fast 6 over in London, Dwayne The Rock Johnson reportedly witnessed a pair of hooded would-be thieves attempting to break into a warehouse. He reportedly took off running at them while waving his fake badge around in full battle fatigues. Wow. Uh, yeah, the way Hawk is dressed on that movie, I can see what he looked like chasing them, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, the assailants took off running and escaped on foot. A source said, quote, it was so funny. The Rock looked like an action hero because he had his flak jacket on and an FBI badge in his hand. All of a sudden, there there were loads of gunfire and this giant dressed as a as a copper was about to mow them down. The lads jumped out of their skin and ske- and uh, scarpered, whatever, uh, I think I mean scampered, down the canal path and left the crew in peace, end quote. When the story came out, Rock answered on his Twitter by saying, quote, I plead the fifth. <laughs> That's probably Wait. smart. Uh, He's not going to say, no, I didn't do that because it makes him seem cool. <laughs> why, why did you say, no, I didn't do that awesome thing? That's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Right. I don't know what year it was, but it, uh, John Jones wrestled uh, or fought Rashad Evans for the title that morning. He stopped some would-be assailants from robbing a, a, a lady right before his title fight. Just reminds me of I remember that. that. And he sat on the dude until the cops came. Yep. Yeah. I, I remember and that. And AEW awesome. uh, 
talent. You know, I thought Dan Lambert was there too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Because he said he saw yeah. the whole thing. Well, he was there. I think he saw it. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, this is this is a hilarious story, man. The Rock is like filming something, and he's like, "Hey, they're trying to break into a warehouse. Got to stop them." In like, uh, please just shoot me because like the 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 uh, pain of getting beaten up by that large ass man might be way worse than a bullet. Well, my thing is like when you stop and think about this for a minute, kind of stupid for The Rock because it's like, dude, what if they were you know armed? That's <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you're armed with a toy gun. Yeah, right. What's wrong with Baldwin? Adam Baldwin. What's your one was? Too soon? <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, there was this episode. I always remember this episode of Happy Days where this guy like tries to rob, I think, Richie's house. And uh, the Fonz locks him in a closet. And he's like, what if he has a gun? He's like, oh, he doesn't have a gun. And he's like, you know why? And the guy was like, uh, uh, rob with a gun in a hand, 50, uh, 15 to life in the can or something like that. <laughs> I was like, "Wow! Uh, well, people wouldn't be the, wouldn't act like that now." <laughs> oh, anyway. by the way, I like Fonzie. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Do you remember that episode of Friends? <laughs> yes, uh, and they were like, "Okay." It's like, uh, "Do you mean like a friend, Fonzie?" He's like, "No, Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz." The Fonz. Happy days. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Could you give me somebody who else? Somebody else who doesn't. Like like uh, Fonzie or Chachi or anybody like, else from well, the yeah, Happy he's Crew. Not saying he's Fonzie. He's, he's just likes him. Shut up! Don't defend him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like later. They were like, yeah, but he, he's and she's just like cuts him off. She's like, ah ah. <laughs> oh he's like, gosh. okay, I got you a new doctor. He's not a fan of Fonzie or any of the Happy Days gang. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So effing random and stupid. <laughs> And then, like, while she's delivering the baby, he turns on Happy Days on the TV. <laughs> oh, these babies have the honor of being born on the Fozzie's half-birthday. Oh, you know what? Fozzie did it, <laughs> Uh I like the... That is a freaking I, forgotten classic episode. Yeah, right. Well, at least, uh, at least there, there's not one, because it would be pretty, uh, pretty bad in retrospect today. At least there wasn't, like, an episode where they were like, oh, I like Hyde from that 70s show. <laughs> oh, good lord, yeah, right. <laughs> Like, that's not uh, making air. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, maybe you should cut that whole episode. <sighs> but anyway, we're going to take our next break here. When we come back, we're diving into No Surrender 2012. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop-in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, 
also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. This is TNA No Surrender 2012. Took place September 9th, 2012. And I wanted to surrender after this. <laughs> well, the theme song, uh, there were two. No Surrender by Taproot. And be what you want by Robin Loxie and Oliver Jackson. Yeah, I knew half of his fans. The venue was the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida, because of course, uh, and the attendance was eleven hundred. By rate, unknown. because of course. <laughs> yeah, that's a sold-out house there. That's about as many as you could cram into the ECW arena, I think. And I'm saying arena with air quotes like... Uh, it's, the, it's the 900 arena or 1900 arena, I think, now. Don't they just call it the arena? Or did they actually... Well, no, they go that? by the address. It's, I think it's like the 1900 arena now, something like that. Wow. Dude, that place has changed names so many times. It was the ECW arena, and then it was Viking Hall, and then it was the arena, and now it's 1900 arena. Like, okay. Either way... Uh, to start off the show, we see the different competitors in the Bound for Glory series entering the building earlier in the day. I feel like we've been covering all year. <laughs> Say what? I feel like we've been covering the Bound for Glory series like all year. Yeah. I'm going to go on record and saying I was not a big fan of the Bound for Glory series. It seemed like a novel concept with the, the first way it year. Ends. Yeah. It seemed like a novel concept the first year. Then it was like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me you're well, having they were this trying hard to make Bound for Glory like their big event, right? You can't I get that. I get that, but it's like you have this like basically a, a point system tournament thing, like round robin tournament thing, whatever, to determine who's going to be in the main event of your biggest show of the year. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about oh, you're going to have a big battle royal to determine who's going to be in your biggest show of the year. But I don't know. It just it was. Okay, it, to me, it just seemed like, oh, we don't have to try. We can just, you know, we don't have to book like a storyline or anything. We'll just, you know, do this tournament. I don't know. Lazy booking. <laughs> Either way, after the opening video, we come into the arena where they blow off all the pyro. Here comes Cody. <laughs> Whoa! But up first, uh, we mentioned this guy earlier. It is Jeff Hardy. Jeff Harvey. Just Har- Jeff Harvey. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Uh, taking on Samoa Joe in the Bound for Glory series semifinals. Goes for 12 minutes, 45 seconds. Now, that is a pay-per-view match. You gotta give him that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in the end, they wrestle around on the mat until Jeff gets a crucifix pin on Joe for Le win. 
Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was uh, at least average. Pretty good. What say you? I gave it two. I thought it could have been way better. It could have been, but uh, I feel like Jeff wasn't going to like kill himself in the opening match when he had one more to go. But Well, then you've never seen a Jeff Hardy match. <laughs> well, that's true. That is correct. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Borash is standing backstage with James Storm. JB says that Storm got to pick his opponent, and Storm says he chose to face Bully Ray because it came down to them last year, and Storm wants to face him again. This was a short and sweet promo. Then we get this. It is Bully Ray versus James Storm in the Bound for Glory series semifinals. Goes 13 minutes, 52 seconds. Bully Ray stalls for like, I swear, 10 minutes walking around the ring, throwing a fit, ripping up signs. Like, damn, dude, I know you're pacing yourself, but (laughs) good grief. But when it gets going, these two just beat each other up. The ref eats crap at one point, and then another one rushes in. About a minute later, that ref eats crap. Then the first ref gets up and eats crap again. Well, you know where they got hit, Greg? In the face! In the face! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this allows Bobby Roode to rush in with a beer bottle and shatter it over James Storm's head. This allows Bully Ray to pin Storm for the win. Uncle Dave gave it one and a quarter stars. Uh, I give it two. Let's say you. I gave it one. This was terrible. There's just too much going on. You took away from the match. Yeah. Dude, when you literally have three ref bumps in one match. It's Amongst like, a couple refs, by the way. Right. Like, why? <laughs> like, like I said, the first <sighs> one eats it. Second one eats it. First one eats it again. And then we got a beer bottle. Like, you could have had one ref bump, beer bottle, finish the match. No, just just the typical TNA overbooking bullcrap. So one, so one thing I hated about their their big matches always had to be overbooked. Like just let them effing wrestle, man. Just one time. I remember. Uh, do you remember when Magnus was a champion and every single one of his matches the locker room unloaded? I think you can say the same for Bobby Roode too. Bobby Roode, uh, yeah, time. He always had a BS finish. It wasn't always because the locker room unloaded, but something screwy would happen. Like, that's where it started. And then Magnus, because they had, like, whatever Dixie's people were called, they would come out and interfere, and then the TNA people would come out and interfere, and it was just every time. We go backstage now with Jeremy. Well, it makes you look like a strong champion, too, right? Yeah, right. We're uh, backstage with Jeremy Borash yet again after the match. He calls up Miss Tessmacher, looking all the way live. As live as live can be. Yep. Uh, Saying that tonight is the student versus the teacher, as Tessmacher defends her knockout women's title, supposedly knockout men's title, against Tara. Tessmacher says that Tara taught her everything she knows, but she wants to prove that she can finally defeat her tonight. And that takes us to Miss Tessmacher defending the TNA Knockouts title against Terra. Goes just over six minutes. In the end, Miss Tessmacher rolls through with a sunset flip for the pinfall win. I didn't hate this match, but it wasn't great. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter. I gave it dose. I'll say you. I gave it two. It wasn't bad. Brooke wasn't Brooke wasn't horrible. Brooke Tessmacher for anybody else. No, no, she was great. Yeah. Oh, you mean wrestling? Right. Uh, te- uh, 
Tara slash Victoria, whatever. She's I thought she was like very underrated. She was great. Uh and yeah, Brooke Tessmacher was better than most people would like give her credit for, I think. Surprised she never she never tried to go back to WWE. Not saying she could have, just saying like she uh she improved a lot. Same thing with Taryn Terrell. Like she was not that bad in the ring. But, I think Terrence Rowe was amazing. Wait, are we still talking yeah. about wrestling? I'm confused. Good grief. But, uh, Mr. What did I, what's that warning I gave everybody at the top of the show? Anyway. Miss Tessmacher cries after the match. and She cried, bro. And she puts out her hand at Tara. Tara reluctantly shakes her hand before leaving. We see a video now of Bobby Roode being taken away in handcuffs backstage and Hulk Hogan tells Rude that he's having him arrested. He hopes Rude rots in jail. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, for attacking somebody on a wrestling show, you have him arrested, and then he's going to rot in jail. Okay. He ruined his big Battle Glory series. <laughs> exactly. Well, James Storm, like an idiot, now runs up behind Rude and attacks him. Police grab Storm and arrest him now, taking both him and Bobby Rude out of the building. Oh, you know, because well, the... the the right thing to do when pe- somebody's being hauled away by the cops is to jump him. Well, Stone Cold Steve Austin made a career of that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm just joking and being sarcastic. People don't don't actually do that. It, it's it's sarcastic. Well, got a free, a few free licks on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Well, up next, uh, Austin Aries comes out in his street clothes with his fists taped. He says tonight is not about wrestling matches or world titles. It's about pain and payback. He tells aces and eights to come out and take him on. A big dude in a mask who, I mean, come on, it's it's Mike Knox. Uh, he comes I out. I didn't to the, know that. I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked that TNA paid him. But either way, uh, it is. You don't know that it could have been Spike. Yeah, I'm sure Spike was like, "Let's foot the bill for Mike Knox." Not even with Kelly Kelly on the side, by the way. No. Dude, every single... I liked Aces and Eights. I'm just going to say that now. But every single reveal was lame. They all sucked. It was a fart church. Right. You got the Dudley Boys, Mike Knox, Luke Gallows. And I'm not saying like... like I. Oh yeah, D'Lo effing Brown. And the commentator is Taz, because they got to have their own commentator. Oh, I forgot Garrett Bischoff and uh, Briscoe. Wes Briscoe. Wes Briscoe. Remember, yeah. his big reveal wasn't really a mask. He was taking his hair down with a man bun. Yeah. He, said that he was the one with the long hair the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we need to set this angle on fire. All right. Let's call out Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff. Oh, that was, that was like a... You just think of gasoline on that fire. Oh, yeah. Good grief. It's like when uh, when the Dungeon of Doom added Ed Leslie. Uh, <clears throat> or, excuse me, yeah. this the fucking Barber Beefcake. Well, Kevin Nash is on record in saying that WWE had to compete hardcore with that because the Dungeon of Doom was on fire, man. Well, and then he realized if I if we can't beat him, join him. So he jumped ship. So, yeah, did you not hear what I just said? He jumped ship to the to the company that had the angle that was on fire. 
Well, that's why I said he, he he figured we if you can't beat him, join him. So there you go. But anyway, uh, but that big guy in a mask comes out and he's all apprehensive about getting into the ring because Ares keeps threatening to hit him. And now I, I didn't hear a bell, but apparently this is an unsanctioned match that goes for six and a half minutes between Austin Aries and they're calling him the arm breaker because he hits people in the arm with a ball peen hammer. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Clever stuff. Yeah. Austin Aries dives out onto the dude and they brawl all around ringside. They get in the ring and the masked man goes for a power bomb. Then Aries pulls out powder and pours it in the dude's face. Aries finally gets the better of the guy and hits a brain brain buster. Uh, he's, about to, he's about to unmask the guy when all the aces and eights hits the ring and beats him down. The TNA locker room unloads now to chase the aces and eights off. Hulk Hogan even comes out with a black lead pipe. Uh, Jeff Hardy gets hurt during the melee and Bully Ray points this out to Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hogan tells security to lock the building down and call the cops. There's not really an end to any of this. It just fizzles out. Uncle Are you talking about this this uh, match or the whole Ace and Ace angle? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Uh, Never drew a dime. <laughs> Uncle Dave actually rated this. He gave it two and a quarter stars. I didn't think it was a match, so I didn't rate it. How about you? I didn't realize there was no bell, so I did give it a one. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. It was a brawl. If I had realized there was no bell, I, I probably wouldn't have rated it. At least I don't think there was a bell. Well, it's unsanctioned, Greg. Uncensored. Whatever. Anything can happen. <laughs> exactly. No, everybody. Quite a few uncensors. Well, when everyone leaves, Bully Ray accidentally, or excuse me, actually fist bumps uh, Austin Aries, telling him, good job. You see a replay of what happened to Jeff Hardy. Uh, he apparently got lawn darted in the ring post by a member of Aces and Eights. Uh, by the way, let me see, because I know you mentioned this. Yeah, we've done Uncensored 95 and 99. Anybody's interested? Oh, the hell you would be. Hey, well, we made it fun. Yeah, I was going to say, we we laughed at it and made it kind of like, if you look at it as a comedy show, it's fairly entertaining. But <sighs> anyway, up next, it is Zima Ion defending the TNA exhibition title against Sanjay Dutt. In 11 and a half you know, minutes. Yeah, I think they missed a great opportunity here to call him the new Z-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why didn't they? Even because there was, Z- no, was no Z in his name. It was spelled with a Z, if you look at his Chiron. I thought it was X. That's what I thought, too. But then I remember, you remember he used to do the Z with his hands? He used to, like, put his, yeah, he would, like, put his hands together and, like, like touch his thumbs together or whatever and make, like, a Z with his hands. What if Joaquin yeah. Wild doesn't do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy looks a lot like that Joaquin Wild dude on, uh, <laughs> on in WWE right now. Sanjay Dutt, by the way, is uh, languishing in AE Dub, but either way, God, he is with, like he is just like unbearable on there now, dude. With Zippy the Pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> and he came out to his stupid Guru song here, where it's like, "Free your mind, free your mind." Song sucked, but I forget. Uh, was he still doing the 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 thing with the donations? I forget. Not here. He he came out. He was bald here. 
and he was like, the yeah, that part vet. I took note of. Yeah, but in the end, Zima Ion turns a bridge into a gory bomb for the win. Forgot that he used to do the gory bomb. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it three. It was pretty good. Let's say you. Uh, two. Uh, not a fan. Not really. I thought also, this was I like I like but... Sanjay Dutt back in the day. Can't stand him now, but the player from the Himalaya. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 the original player from the Himalaya. Oh. As if there's been a few knockoffs. <laughs> yeah, excuse the F out of me. You know. <laughs> me, right? But we go to the footage of police pulling into the parking lot. Hulk Hogan tells them all that. You know, made, I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna assume that these weren't real police. I, I don't know. Why, yeah, I, just, I got guess. <laughs> well, Hulk Hogan tells them all that they better have more guys coming. As if you know, four to five cops with guns and billy clubs won't be enough to take on the fake bikers. But he then demands that they lock down the exits if they find, er, and if they find anyone, cuff them, beat them, and then drag them outside for Hulk. Because now we're promoting police brutality. Oh yeah, we are. Good God! But now Jeremy Borash is showing behind his uh, behind his back as a doctor, and also Al Snow <coughs> taking on Jeff Hardy. How dare you? Uh, and. Well, are you talking about Al Snow or the other guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But they're checking on Jeff Hardy and his shoulder. Uh, they say that there is no specific updates on Jeff's condition. Then Magnus walks up and says that Jeff is suffering from a loss of common sense. I mean... So we finally get a real doctor here. Yeah, no, no lies detected. But... Uh, he says that uh, Jeff got involved in the melee earlier and is paying the price. It's hilarious that he calls the Bound for Glory series the most important tournament in our entire business. Now, when he said that, I'm like, myself, is there another one going on this time? Or are they taking a shot? Or what? King of the Ring uh, is usually in June, July, so... Yeah, I don't think there's a King of the Ring this year that I know of. Not that King of the Ring really meant anything at this time anyway, but... The only one, I mean, the only King, King of the Ring didn't mean anything since 1994, dude. Don't kid yourself. But. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I could think of was the G1 Climax in, uh, or the G1 Tournament, whatever, in New Japan. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that one's better. But, I don't know. Either I way. you just gotta say that to hype your own company up. Like when Tony Khan calls the AEW title the most protected world title in, in all of sports. <laughs> yeah, Which I don't even know yeah. what the hell that means, by the way. Protected? Uh, That's what he says. I mean, breaking kayfabe there, are you? Anyway, Magnuson gives a warning to RVD and says that he's going to make him pay the price tonight. Then up next, it is Magnus versus Rob Van Dam. Why? I don't effing know. Because who would but want it, this match? I'm not being sarcastic, so... Yeah. yeah, it's just like... I don't even remember if this was a thing. I I mean, I guess Magnus pissed off Van Dam or Van Dam pissed off Magnus. or I, I don't freaking know. Whatever. Dude, around this time, Mag- Magnus was like back and forth so much, dude. He was like big show. Didn't know what he was yeah. going to another. Oh, I know. But this goes for 10 minutes, 5 seconds. We see that uh, that same damn RVD sign in the front row that's at every single TNA show. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh, no. It's right in the corner. If you go back and watch, it's like when RVD's entering, it's like right in the corner where uh, the ramp meets the like the ring area that guy's got that like he's somewhere in the front row at every tna show when rob van dam is there 
He's got the same sign every. Well, he's got a he's got a season pass to Universal. Rushes in there. Get that. Well, yeah, you. Well, yeah, you got to pay exorbitant amounts of money to get a season pass so you can see this. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) this wasn't a good one. Like back in the '05, '06, by the way. Yeah. Well, in the end, Van Damme hits the five star frog splash to win. Uncle Dave gave this dose stars. I actually gave it. Three. I like this match. Say you. I gave it three. I love this match. I thought this might be the best match of the night. Yeah, this tied for me. Uh, or actually, well, no. Yeah, there's one I... better one coming up, but at this point, this is the best one. Yeah, this was well, pretty damn much, good. But... Right. Yeah, I like this though. But we go backstage with like Jeremy Brash yet again. Pretty good shit today. Oh <laughs> uh, wow. But Borash says that Hulk Hogan made the World Tag Titles match for tonight, so he calls up the Bad Influence. Kazarian flips out. Can you get that full name, please? That is their full name. No, it's the Bad Influence of Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Oh, God. Well, hey, I, anyway. this, this, it's their government name, dude. Yeah, exactly. You should just this be respectful is, of that. This is their, what, third name? <laughs> or, well, no, I'm sorry, second name. This is their second name at this point, yeah. What was the first one? Do you remember? Uh, uh, no, the, but I know the addiction's next. The right? addiction. Oh, oh, the addiction was in uh, uh, Ring of Honor. It might, it might have been the addiction. They might have brought it back. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think they might have had the addiction first, and then they brought it back in Ring of Honor. I think. All right. Yeah, then they I'm had trying a to feel sky, and they were so and censored. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out here because their Wikipedia page just combines it all because they were the bad influence. Then they were the addiction. Okay, so maybe this was her first name. I'm getting it wrong. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Either way. And then, of course, they were so cal. Then, of course, they were so cal uncensored. Yeah, they can go to hell for that. <laughs> but Gazarian flips out, and then Christopher Daniels says that if anyone should be calling the cops, it should be them for a long list of crimes that have been committed against them. The thing that blows my mind is that the lawyer for Clear Lynch came out and and said that Kazarian and Christopher Daniels approached her about blackmailing AJ Styles, and not one single person was arrested for that. What the fuck? <laughs> so, uh. did she grow a conscience or something? I, I don't remember how all this went. I don't remember how it ended. I don't even want to remember how it all started or how it was going. Uh, the only reason I remember is because of the, the pre-match video. Because they show the woman came out, this some middle-aged woman, and she's like, I'm the lawyer for Claire Lynch, and uh, Mr. Frankie Kazarian and uh, Christopher Daniels approached me and uh, about the blackmailing AJ Styles. And it's like, okay, so you knew about all this. And then... That's making you an accessory. <laughs> exactly. It's like, but... Now you're admitting it, so I guess that makes you a good person. Like, eh, that's not how the law works, but you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, so she came out and admitted that, and said, and she admitted that they drugged AJ Styles, put him in bed, took the pictures. Claire's been lying about being pregnant, like all this stuff. And I'm like, nobody's going to jail. Like, literally, all of this is illegal, and they're admitting it on semi-national TV. Talking about a company that had a cage match for child custody. Yeah. 
Good grief, man. This is just adding to the whole... the archives, by the way. Well, this is just adding to the whole... If it happened in a wrestling ring, it's not illegal kind of thing. <laughs> like attempted murder and such. But up next, it is The Bad Influence of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian defending the TNA World Tag Team titles against AJ Styles and Kirk Angel. It goes in half minutes. <laughs> uh, in the end... Angle gets taken out behind the referee's back. Daniels throws his apple teeny in the eyes of AJ Styles. And that and is Kazarian... a real sentence, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kazarian rolls him up to retain the titles. Man, you lost via apple teeny. Uh, uh, Uncle Dave gives us three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it three. It was, it was a damn bad. good match. A damn good match. I thought Angle played his part pretty well. He didn't do a whole lot, but he Being did hurt? pretty well. Hey, even I, I couldn't tell that much that he was hurt. But I don't know. It was uh, I, I like I said, I enjoyed this. So, but either way, uh, we now go to the parking lot again, where Hulk Hogan is literally giving the cops demands. Because you know, and not only that, but they are taking them. Exactly. It's like what the what. <laughs> Leading me to buy into your conspiracy theory that these aren't real cops. All right, something's fishy. Yeah, I, I had thought of that. You know, just and I thought that before I even saw this part. By the way, yeah. Uh, but we uh, these cops are too good looking. All right, they can't possibly be real cops. Not not one single Especially one. That of them, one with the huge biceps. Exactly. Not one of them was like extremely overweight. None of them had donut uh, glaze on their face. Nothing. All right. And none of them are future NXT stars either. Exactly. We now go to uh, Jeremy Borash, who says that he still doesn't know the status of Jeff Hardy as he's behind a locked dressing room door at this time. Bully Ray says that the Aces and Eights crap has to stop. And while he feels kind of bad for Jeff Hardy, he was going to beat him regardless. He says that he completely reinvented himself, is uh, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers ever, and is now only one match away from going to Bound for Glory to become the world champion. He says Jeff has to respect that about him, and tonight, he's going to get his final win in the series. I will say this about Bully Ray. It is a cool reinvention, uh, like, something I never thought that, oh, Bully Ray, or Bubba Ray Dudley, like, nobody will ever take him seriously as a single star. And we crapped on him, and he's not a draw and whatever, but... Uh, I think he did a pretty good job of, uh, you know, carving out a, a section for him to be a singles guy. Well, he certainly picked the right company to go to. Yeah, right. I, according to him, uh, I guess when Devon was saying he was winding down again in WWE, he approached uh, Vince McMahon about it, and and Vince told him, "I know about Bully Ray, but I don't want to do that." It's like, wow, I can't figure out why. Yeah, like. Uh, I don't know, I think it could have been something for the mid-card in WWE, maybe. He wouldn't have gotten, like, a big reaction or anything like that. But my thing is, like, did Vince really know about Bully Ray, or is Bully yeah, Ray just full of crap? Going off of everything I've ever heard uh, Cornette say about how Vince used wrestling, you got to force him to watch stuff, and he ain't going right. to do it no matter what. Unless he's getting, like, actual actual reports from somebody. Like, I guess Howard Finkel used to, like, watch everything and then, like, 
literally give him handwritten reports or hand typed reports. So whether he read them or not, I don't freaking know. Do you ever hear I, the one where he's talking about um, uh, Brody Lee against uh, Marco Stunt? <laughs> say what? Yeah, they were talking about Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. And Cornette said, I guarantee you that if Pritchard somehow got Vince to watch this, it just hurt everyone's negotiating power ever. To, oh, I'll just go to AEW. We'll go. Want to do this? <laughs> uh, screw you, by the way, for reminding me of Marco Stunt. I, I apologize. Marco Stunted growth. God, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that dude until you brought him up. <laughs> you want to go <laughs> over there, pal? Ha <laughs> ha! You want to go take on the midgets? Go for it, pal. Ugh. Anyway, ah, uh, but up next, before the main event, police officers fill the arena and stand around the entryways. After you bully raise around police officers, right? Oh, of course. And after Bully Ray's entrance, Jeff Hardy's music hits, and he doesn't enter, so they shut the music off. This leads me to wonder, why do they do this stuff in wrestling? Someone has to be at go position, obviously giving the cue. If Jeff isn't there, why are they playing the damn uh, music? You know, everything you're saying right now, it just, just reminded me of Victory Road. I'm like, why didn't they just do this at Victory Road? All right, Jeff ain't coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, he's not that... I say that, but at the same time, maybe they just play the music regardless, because there was that... I mean, this wasn't in, like, a big-time company. It was, like, an indie promotion, but uh, Roxanne Perez was talking about when she was in uh, Booker's wrestling school and, like, wrestling in the indies down in Texas. Uh, She said... She was like still tying her boots and she heard her music playing. She's like, Oh, that sounds like my music. She's like, Oh, that is my music. Crap. And she had to run out there without her boots tied. I just expect them to be ready. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I get that, but it's like at a at a production like this, it just seems dumb. Like obviously it's scripted to be this way, but it's just it's, dumb. It's it's TNA, dude. <laughs> yeah. They're not exactly professional. Can you imagine like we've heard Pritchard talking about uh like some of the way he acted in like WWE at the gorilla position, <laughs> like right here, he's like, "Where the f- is Jeff?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, the music hits ag- <laughs> the music hits again, and Hulk Hogan comes to the ring. <sighs> yeah, because Hulk always wanted to know what it was like to come out to Jeff Hardy's music. <laughs> but Hulk says that they have a problem. Because Jeff is hurt. Bully says that if Jeff can't answer the bell, they need to call it for Bully. Hulk Hogan says... I think actually that, think that was fair. Yeah, right? Hulk says that he wants to postpone this whole thing until Impact on Thursday night and tries to talk Bully into agreeing. I'd be like, hell no! Like, why? Like, he was the idiot that ran out and got into a fight. But just then, Jeff Hardy's music hits again and he walks out with his shoulder taped up, holding his left arm to his side. You know, normal Jeff Hardy stuff. Uh, Hogan shakes Jeff's hand and gives him his blessing for the match to go on. And that takes us to our next break. On the other side of this, we're diving into the main event. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T yeah, hey, hey, It's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also At the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't Spell it with a C We spell it with a K Sorry mate Take it easy are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's main event time. Bully Ray versus Jeff Hardy in the Bound for Glory series finals. This actually goes for almost 12 and a half minutes. And capping off a complete mess, by the way. Yeah. Well, Bully Ray works, works the arm. The left arm and shoulder doesn't work so well. Uh, Jeff does fight back for a bit and actually hits a twist of fate and a swanton for a near fall. Later, he goes for a swanton and misses. After that, later on in the match, the end, they both get on the top rope. Jeff knocks Bully down, hits the swanton bomb again, and gets the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a quarter. I have it dose for below average. What say you? Yeah, I gave it two. Like, this was a pay-per-view main event, by the way. Yep. I will say it was dramatic, but I was just like, really? Ten years to get there, and the payoff sucked. So, <laughs> this was the finish of their series, everybody. And I'm pretty sure Jeff loses. I don't know. But Pyro goes off for Jeff after the match. Crap, Cody's coming out again. Uh, but if you know where this ended up, here's my question. Why didn't the Aces and Eights look at this and think, damn, we injured that dude and you still lost? Why the hell are we following you? You can't win unless all of us jump the one single dude you're facing? Loser? Like, that should have been the end of the story. Makes too much sense. Yeah. Like, they literally injured the dude to the point of where he's, like, in immense pain. He can only work one arm. And you still lose. That's as embarrassing as Johnny Gargano losing to a handcuffed uh, Chompa. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it made it, and it made Johnny Gargano look like a complete idiot because he was the one that did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come charging at you with so much momentum that I fall into a bunch of stuff, hurt myself, and can't stand up. Moron. <sighs> but that takes us to our final break. On the other end of this, final ratings time, and we'll tell you what's coming up next on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the apron bump podcast. Ugh. 
Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings time here. In the internet movie database doesn't have a rating for this one, but cagematch.net. Oh, why would it? <laughs> cagematch.net gives it 5.65 out of 10. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10 for... C minus D plus. What say you? That's about where I am. D, D plus. Yeah. It really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. It. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it it was very clearly just like uh, it, it was a like a stopgap. I guess I, I don't know how else to phrase it. They they tried to make it a big thing. Like, oh well, the Bound for Glory series concludes here. Cool. It concludes not with a a big bash, but with a wet fart. Yep. Yeah, I don't know, but got a feeling our next show is going to be like that too. Well, our next show uh, is actually our bonus show coming up in those days. (laughs) Uh, My birthday's tomorrow. For anybody that wants to wish me a happy birthday, uh, hit me up on social media. We can, but. Well, everybody, uh, everybody, send me well wishes tomorrow, and uh, for my birthday, you get no surrender and Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor sixteen. How did you yeah. record this in your birthday suit? Well, that's how I record every podcast. That's how I get ready. Okay, I'm making sure. Yeah, when you're like, I'm ready. I'm like, so am I, and that means I'm naked. So bountiful penis, bountiful penis. Uh, we don't do this video form, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, but... Oh! Yeah, I mean, we can make an OnlyFans if anybody cares, but either way. Uh, this Friday, on the 22nd, it's Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor 16 in uh, the Orleans Arena in Paradise, Nevada. So, the main event of this one is Jay Lethal defending the ROH World title against Will Ospreay. We also got Bully Ray on the show. And uh, also, The Addiction is on the show. They're wrestling for the ROH tag titles. And some loser named Punishment Martinez is defending the world TV title. Chris <laughs> Saban. He might be the world champion by the time this airs. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's funny to think about. But I like how they call him the punishment of the Judgment Day, by the way. A little subtle nod. Wow, nice. That's funny. But yeah, that's coming up uh, this Friday. 
So keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, next Wednesday on the 27th, we're bringing you Fall Brawl 2000. Don't oh, really yeah. rise at that right away. You might be surprised. Yeah, that's what you were saying. So I don't know. This is one of the Fall Brawls I've never seen before. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. The main event is Booker T going for the World Heavyweight title against Kevin Nash in Caged Heat. We get a bunkhouse brawl between Jeff Jarrett and Mike Awesome. Uh, there's yeah, some other pretty stuff match, too. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Elix Skipper defending the Cruiserweight title against Kiwi. And people may laugh at that. Oh, ha, ha. Well, you know, Elix Skipper's good, but, dude, Kiwi was pretty damn good. Yes. He, had a, he had a stupid gimmick and a stupid look, but... You got a Hall of Famer on his arm? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we also got... You know, six-man tag action. It's the uh, Misfits in action versus three count. We get uh, the Harris brothers taking on Chronic, and I did not see that coming. Oh, well, that's something to watch. Yeah, it's a first blood chain match. Because <laughs> every match has to have a gimmick, bro. <laughs> Lance Storm defends the U.S. title against General Rection with Jim Duggan as a special guest enforcer for Canada. The Filthy Animals take on the Natural Born Thrillers in an elimination match. Shane Douglas and Tony And Wilson. let me tell you, man, that is a cluster and a half. You don't say. Well, it, like, you don't even know what's coming yet. But trust me, it's it's a... Oh, man, it's a mess. Well, uh, let me rephrase that, by the way. It's the Filthy Animals and also Big Vito and Paul Orndorff taking on the Natural Born Thrillers. So, yeah. Oh, are, are you even going to bother to question what I'm saying right now? <laughs> Uh, and it gets plenty of time, 16 and a half minutes. Yikes. Then we got a scaffold match, because, you know, those always draw the house. It's Shane Douglas and Tori Wilson versus Billy Kidman and Medusa. It's not a scaffold match. It's a Pittsburgh plunge match. Right. <laughs> and Sting also takes on Great Muda and Vampiro in a triple threat match. I know you're thinking on paper, that sounds like it'd be good. It's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> these these uh, these three should have a good match, but there's some I'm special guest talking. commentary, by the way. That Violent uh, James Yep. Hell yeah, man! Oh, I I forgot this one. We got a no DQ match: Scott Steiner versus Goldberg, and that one gets plenty of time—almost 14 damn minutes. Because well, you know, you're when just I, talking about things being overbooked. Yeah. Well, you know, Greg, when I... Let that simmer. When I, <laughs> what, what was that? I was going to let that simmer, the overbook thing. <laughs> well, you know, Greg, when I think of uh, almost a quarter of an hour, I think of Scott Steiner versus Goldberg. So there's that. But I don't know. I'll hold my judgment until I see the show. It uh, It looks like crap on paper. So I'll just say that. Well, that does it for today, man. Thank you for joining yeah, well. me. Hell of a day, huh? Yeah. Thanks for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thanks for doing this to me. You're very welcome. And we will see all of you loyal listeners again this Friday with Ring of Honor at Death Before Dishonor at 16 and next Wednesday with WCW Fall Brawl 2000. Yeah.